is a nonprofit we started 16 years ago, and we take children that have chronic and terminal illnesses down to Disney World, and we shower them with a VIP experience for five days, and we bring everybody in the family. They've never been able to do family vacations. They've never been able to have moments like this because there's been so much time spent in the hospital. There's been so much money spent on hospital bills. Hey everyone, good afternoon. My name is Seth Weiner and I am your Rockshineer, uh, enjoying a lovely day here in Atlanta. Uh, I want to let you just know, the, the song that you heard on the intro is actually uh, uh, from a friend's band. My friend passed away recently, his name was Grant Mitchell, so I just wanted to pay tribute to him today. His funeral's happening today and I'm not there, but I wanted to remember him and share his music with you all. So uh, there you have that. That was White Lighter. Um, and... Uh, yeah, let's jump into today. Uh, but before we jump in today, let me tell you, March is booked out. Uh, you can go to coffeeconnections.live for all of our episodes coming up and as well as all of the ones in the past. So check it out, learn more about some organizations and uh, lots of insights. Uh, you know, I'm going to start, I've been meaning to do it. It's been a little bit, but I owe you all and I promise I will start doing the uh, clippets of the insights that were shared because there's so many good insights. And today, I think we're going to be loaded with a bunch as well. So let me tell you about today's guest. Uh, we've got Molly Darby, the executive director of Bert's Big Adventure. Now, Bert's Big Adventure was established in 20, uh, 2002 by Bert Weiss. He's the host of the nationally syndicated morning radio show, The Bert Show. Uh, Bert's Big Adventure is a nonprofit organization right here in Atlanta that provides a magical, all-expenses-paid five-day journey to Walt Disney World for children with chronic and terminal illnesses and for their families. So that's the other one. Molly's been um, with them since the beginning, and she's been there throughout the years, and her drive and dedication and her mission to Burt's Big Adventure has really motivated her advancement within the organization. Since 2014, she has served as the executive director and the vice president of the board of directors. So uh, let's welcome Molly to the show here. Welcome to the show, Molly. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. This is exciting. Oh, well, I mean, you, I, I imagine your world's loaded with excitement, uh, but we'll get there. Uh, I mean, anytime, you know, Disney and families are involved, it's it's always exciting. Uh, but hey, listen, it's coffee connection. So let's do a little coffee talk. And I got to know, are you a coffee drinker? I first of all, I love caffeine, just love and thrive off of caffeine. I think if you work at a nonprofit, you probably also love caffeine. But yes, I'm a huge coffee drinker two to three cups every morning. I just told you I, I switched to tea for that very reason because- Oh, well, um, hold on. So let's see that mug. Oh, this mug? <laughs> Where'd you get that shot? Oh my God, that's a, that's a, jeez. <laughs> that's really funny. Where would you find that shot? Uh, I guess probably Facebook. Oh, that's Well, you so know, funny. I noticed during your intro that you, you took a few photos off of Facebook and you know what? I decided to take some liberties as well. So here I am just sipping my Rockshineer tea. Oh my God, you were too funny. Uh, that's really, really, I'm, I'm, I don't even know. I don't even know. That's really this hilarious. This photo is great. I thought coffee connections and you're drinking straight out of the pot. 
Yeah, that was when I was in the music festival industry. <laughs> well, lucky you. You have one of these on the way to your address. Well, cheers to that. Thank you so much. Now, when you drink coffee, are you uh, dark, light roast? What are you? Okay, so I drink donut hole. I'm very basic when it comes to coffee. I drink straight out of the Keurig all the time. I, you know, I watch your other podcasts and you name all these fancy coffee places, but I'm on this, living this nonprofit salaried life. So I make mine at home, super easy. I use a little Splenda. And lately I've been trying nut pods for like the creamer, which taste like one to 10, I'm going to go taste six. But on the weekends, I'm just full creamer, dairy with all the sugar and all of the vanilla flavoring that you can handle. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, it sounds like your coffee's loaded with sugar and sweetness, and so is the organization <laughs> you represent. So I'm going to hand it to you to talk about Bert's Big Adventure. Yeah. So Bert's Big Adventure, as you mentioned, is a nonprofit. We're based um, here in Atlanta, but um, really service families. Um, you know, all over the United States, wherever the Burt Show is. So founded by Burt Weiss in 2002. Um, and what I think makes us different and really sort of special is we're not just sort of what we're known for, which is kind of like this glitz and glamorous uh, five-day journey to Walt Disney World. Um, we take kids that have terminal and chronic illnesses once a year to Walt Disney World. It's five days. It's all expenses paid. It is very VIP and over the top. We have a private airplane. We have private characters that come to us. We have group breakfast, group dinner. We have all the passes, all the things. It is very VIP. It's an experience unlike any other. But we don't just stop there. I think we like to say we're not a one and done. We're, we're not cycling people through. So the cool thing is that Disney is sort of like their initiation for these families. It's like the beginning of a marathon. So once they go on this journey to Walt Disney World, then they get to participate in the rest of our programs for the rest of their life. And we have a couple of other programs. So we have our fairy godparent program. Anytime one of our kids goes in the hospital, we send a volunteer every single day that they're there. <laughs> Sometimes that can be three days. Sometimes that can be we've done up to eight months before, um, but we send a volunteer every single day or one of us from our staff goes or Bert or Kristen or Cassie Dobby Mo. Um, we'll go and visit. We take a warm meal so that they can have a little bit of a break from hospital food. And then we're taking activities, a little distraction. Sometimes mom or dad need laundry detergent or deodorant, or they ran out of clothes and weren't expecting to be there that long. Um, so our volunteers really serve as a support system for these kids when they're in the hospital. And then we also have quarterly reunions. We just kind of internally call them family reunions, where we invite all of the kids and their families from all of the years to come together four times a year. So now we have about 250 families. Some of these events can get up to 600 people. <laughs> We're running out of event venues here in Atlanta, uh, but we just get together and do something really cool. We've gone to the zoo, the aquarium. Um, we're going to Six Flags soon. We've done shows at the Fox. We've done Falcons, Braves, you name it, we've done it. But it's really just an opportunity for the families to come back together and the kids to sort of reconnect and recreate those bonds that they created on the trip. So imagine going to like summer camp when you were a kid, 
you're scared when you get there, but when you leave, you like don't want to leave and you just want to stay in touch with the friends that you've made. Um, so that's what we see happening a lot. And so those reunions sort of provide that opportunity for the kids to stay as connected as possible and the parents too, and the siblings, everybody, everybody in the house. Um, and then we also have a, a program, we kind of call it other charitable services. It's an umbrella, I would say, but mainly it's meant for emergencies and then any end of life services. So anytime we lose a birth adventure child, we pay for all of the end of life services for these families and just really um, hope that we can give them that opportunity to grieve and not worry so much about the financial piece. Um, so that's a big part of what we do as well. So we have four programs, including Disney, and we've really Honestly, our biggest goal is just to keep these families connected so that they, you know, have people around them that understand what they're going through. Well, that's uh, that's incredible. And there leads me to so many questions. I mean, first of all, how does a family apply to be chosen? Yeah, so families can apply. Um, we open up the application process for a couple of months out of the year. In a typical year, which of course we haven't had a lot of those lately, but in a typical <laughs> year, we get a couple hundred applications and people can apply for their own family or they can be nominated by anybody anonymously. So a teacher or maybe someone at church or a doctor or a nurse or a neighbor um, can nominate a child and we'll reach out and ask them to fill out the application. Um, and of course, there's qualifications. So they have to be between the ages of five and 12 when we go to Walt Disney World. So like kind of their kickoff point. Um, they have to have a terminal or chronic illness. They have to live within the Burt Show listening area. So we just say, if you can hear them in your car or on your home stereo, you're in the right area. Um, they have to prove financial need. So it has to be something they can't afford, you know, without us. Um, how many did I name just then? I think that might be all of them. <laughs> well, then how do you how do you go about? So if everyone applies, then how do you go about choosing? Like who's who's Santa Claus in this case? Yeah, not me, thank goodness, because <laughs> I would never ever want that job. Um, so we have a medical committee that's made up of doctors and nurses um, in and around Atlanta, and they really go through every single application with a fine tooth comb and really try to figure out, you know, who is the most medically fragile um, or even who's had a really long journey or maybe has a really long journey ahead. Um, who's going to age out next year, who, you know, and a lot of times too, I think what people don't realize is when families have a child that's diagnosed, you know, with, with a chronic or terminal illness, it's really strange, but a lot of times they're not the only family member that, you know, that has some sort of diagnosis. So, you know, I know our medical committee tries to look at the family as a whole. I mean, we have great example this year of um, one of the girls that was chosen to go with us, her name's Kinley. And um, she has two siblings that have the same diagnosis. They're a little uh, past the age of our program, but of course, you know, we're looking at that whole picture of, gosh, how many medications every single day do mom and dad have to keep up with? Um, how many <clears throat> doctor's appointments is that, or clinics is that, or checkups is that? So um, they really try to look at the, you know, at the whole picture um, of the family and of the child and kind of 
their journey thus far and what's ahead and, and just really try to make good decisions about who really needs it right now. So, and, you know, typically we take 12 to 13 families. Um, this year we're, we're taking a smaller group just to see how COVID precautions work out. Um, but even with 12 and 13 families, I mean, that's always even still a small kind of intimate group, which is our goal. You know, we mm. never want to take a huge group. We always want to take a small group so we can really get to know these families and so that they're not intimidated and get, getting to know each other. You know, we took 50 families. I imagine that would be a really, <laughs> be very challenging, a really right? hard time to yeah. get to know people. But I think, you know, with yeah. the smaller group, it really helps people to kind of create those friendships. And you create these friendships, and I'm I'm just wondering, like it's been it's been many many years now. So, and you you know terminal illnesses, so we probably have a decent amount of loss of lives in that time. From, mm -hmm. uh, and so, what about the parents that of these? It seems like they must be uh, continually being involved with the organization. I would guess they, that. Am I right? They are. Yeah, they absolutely are. So you know, kind of. <clears throat> one of the things that we tell these families, you know, right off the bat is once you're a Birds Big Adventure family, you are a family for life. And, and, you know, even now we have kids that went with us in 2002 that still come to our events and they're 23, 24. We have a, a child that went with us in 2003 that has her own kids that brings them to these events. So, but yes, I mean, even when, um, you know, a family loses their child, we always, almost even more so encourage them to keep coming back. You know, they still have these yeah. really incredible shared experiences with each other. And, um, you know, we've just sort of found that their best outlet is each other. You know, they, they understand yeah. each other. It's really, it's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I imagine there's a lot of psychology actually that's going on in the building of, of the groups. Uh, I mean, Listen, I grew up in sleepaway camp and I'm, I'm all about, uh, you know, uh, group trip. I hate group photos, but I'm okay with group trips. If that makes any sense, you know, mm -hmm. being Jewish and going to all the Israel trips as a kid and stuff. Uh, uh, but there's psychology that goes into the, these, you know, for, for people to have moments to be able to share and, and to connect and, and these relationships last, you know, forever. Um, so it's a really amazing thing that I see what the, you know, for the families and also for the staff that gets involved, I would imagine your, your staff is, uh, doesn't, isn't a big, great turnover. Probably people stick around. <laughs> That's very true. Case in point right here. Case in point. Yeah. yeah well, what got you involved in the first place then? I, so, I mean, I've sort of been in the nonprofit world since forever. Um, but I moved to Atlanta. I was working at an agency here in Atlanta. And because I had been in the nonprofit world, they said, oh, you should take our pro bono clients. Um, and they gave me Birds Big Adventure. And um, I just really immediately fell in love with the concept, with the friendships and the leadership. Honestly, um, you know, Bert and Stacy, what they put together, the teams they've put together are really just incredible. Um, so I really just was doing public relations agency work for them for a while and sort of um, just scratched and clawed <laughs> until they <laughs> let me come there full time. So I just sort of, you know, a lot, much like we all did when we were young, you know, I just kept asking, what else can I do? What else can I do? Let me do a little more. Let me do a little more. And 
um, eventually, I think they must have felt sorry for me. I don't know. <laughs> they were like, yeah. oh, this poor girl, we're going to have to give her a job. Um, yeah. And I've been with them ever since. It is, um, it is just such an honor. I mean, any nonprofit you can be in, I always feel like it's such an honor to be able to serve people who, um, who really need, you know, that type of help. And, but it birds me venture. It is really unique in that, you know, I do have real relationships with the families that we serve. It's not just handing over a set of keys and never seeing them again, or yeah. sending them on a trip and never seeing them again. I mean, they all have my cell phone number, you know, they text, they call, they email, they Facebook, um, and really have developed some, some really cool relationships through that, both with the kids and the parents. That's awesome. Now, where did Bert get, uh, decide to start doing this? Did he have yeah. a child that was terminally ill or did he, how he what got him connected to that? He didn't, you know, a second ago, you said there must be a lot of psychology going on here. And I thought, do you know where this came from? <laughs> um, so Bert has been in radio for a long time. Um, and he used to work um, on the Kid Craddock show, which is out of Dallas, Fort Worth, which ironically, I, I grew up in Fort Worth. So I sort of, when I moved to Atlanta, I remember thinking, I know this person's voice. <laughs> uh, I've heard it before. And it was because I would hear him on the Kid Craddock show when I was growing up. Um, but Kid Craddock had a similar organization where they would, you know, take a, a group of kids down to Walt Disney World once a year. Um, they take a, a bigger trip than we do, but they do fantastic work. And Bert just said, if anyone ever takes pity on me and gives me my own show, I want to do something like this. I want to be able to serve, you know, the community that I'm in. So when he moved to Atlanta, I mean, he did not waste any time. He and Stacy um, started the organization right away and just miraculously like had full support from Atlanta. Um, and it just kind of blew up, um, you know, and in those first couple years, it really was just about the trip. Um, I, I think the reunions didn't start until 2009 and the fairy godparent program started right after that. Um, but you know, what they noticed and what we noticed was all of these families, we were taking them on this trip and kind of like I was saying earlier, once we were back, they were like, well, wait, we want to we want to stay in touch. And so we saw them inviting each other to each other's birthday parties and doing summer get togethers. And um, I think just a light bulb went off for Bert that we could be doing more to benefit these families and really make an impact, you know, on their social activity, on their, you know, outlet, their social outlet. Um, and so that's where the radiance and the fairy godparent came from. It was sort of, uh, I would say less psychology and more intuition, I would think. Mm -hmm. Well, gosh, uh, it's an amazing story and amazing things you all do. But let's 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 be real here. It takes a lot of money to be able to have one family go to Disney, let alone a follow up uh, and and et cetera. Where do you all get your money from? Is, is it is are you writing grants all the time and applying for grants rather? Or like where where's it? What's what's your secret here? Well, I will say Bert's Big Adventure is pretty different from other nonprofits when it comes to funding. And I, I only say that based on other nonprofits that I've been with or worked with in the past. But, you know, we're really fortunate that we have Bert 
I mean, he is a huge voice in the community and a huge voice in radio, on social media, on his podcast. Um, and of course, he has a great team around him. So, you know, I think our funding is structured a little differently from most. We don't apply for a ton of grants. Um, we really rely on a lot of corporate partners that are either headquartered here in Atlanta or do a lot of mm -hmm. business here in Atlanta. Um, and then we also, you know, our strategy has been for the last, you know, 10 or 15 years that if Bert has this voice in Atlanta, that we can, you know, really use that for good. And so, you know, a lot of nonprofits, you might see a huge gala and people are raising their, is it gala or gala? What do you think? <laughs> eh, you know, tomato, tomato, really, right? You I should mean... know better than I do probably, but Gala Gala, you know, we don't have, we don't have that really. Um, and we don't have a lot of big individual sponsors. Um, we really rely on small, meaningful gifts from supporters. So even just in February, we just uh, wrapped up our little give campaign. And that concept sort of started with, let's just ask everyone we know to give just a little bit. And ironically, Seth, that started being called the little give because we asked people to give up a cup of coffee huh. and give that little amount to Birds Big Adventure, $5, $6, $10, you know, whatever felt meaningful to them. So when we started the campaign, it was give up your cup of coffee or your Starbucks or maybe a glass of wine and um, donate that to Birds Big Adventure. So you know, we rely on little gifts from many and then our, our corporate sponsors who are such a big part of what we do. And folks at home, if you're listening on your headphones or if you're watching Bert'sBigAdventure.org, and that's where you can make a donation as little or as big as you want. Because I know that some people, let's, let's if it's going to be wine, my last name is Weiner, so, you know, I understand. <laughs> a, a glass of wine in downtown Decatur now is running you about $16, I'm just saying. Yeah. So uh, you might as well go ahead and give, I would say... I don't know, maybe a silver oak level, we'll call it, right? Silver oak, nice. I like clean. that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, I mean, we, of course, big and small, we we love all of them. And we love, you know, gifts of service. I mean, we're constantly mm. asking for gifts of service from people. If you have a talent that maybe you're better at something than we are, which is probably very likely, you know, we always love, you know, the gift of time too. So there's lots of ways to give and, Obviously, nonprofits can't run without that. No, and I noticed that you just had a Mardi Gras party. Was that last weekend? I think over at um at it the uh, Braves area. Uh, it was. The it was live at the, the battery. battery. Yep, um, we did have a Mardi Gras event on Saturday with Live at the Battery. They're great. We're going to do some other events with them this year too. Hopefully, a wine walk. So you'll have to be there. I'll be there. If I, if I last the whole time, it'll be a wine crawl at the end. I'll be, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Maybe we should change the name. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we have lots of events throughout the year. We've got, um, we have a couple at Live at the Battery. Coming up, we have Moe's, which that happens every June. Um, every Wednesday in June, Moe's gives 10% back from all of the Atlanta area Moe's. So eat your breakfast, lunch, dinner, queso, snacks. At Moe's, we do a big partnership with RBM of Alpharetta. Um, they very generously donate a brand new vehicle every year for us oh, to wow. auction. 
So that is huge. Um, Where do you do the auction off on that? Is that a, is that part of your annual ga gala? Gala? Going to throw we, we don't have an annual gala. This is, that one is uh. really just all online. We really just encourage people to take a risk and try to win a new car, which is well, pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. Do you, don't you do something over in um, uh, what's that area? Uh, Atlantic Station. So we have a big event in Avalon every year. I think that's ah, probably okay, Avalon. Um, we have, it's called noon tonight. It doesn't actually start at noon, but it is fashion. It's a really beautifully done fashion show at Avalon, which if you've ever been to any event at Avalon, you know, they are just over the top. They do such a great job. Um, but we have a fashion show there where we sort of mix and mingle local, um, celebrities and socialites with birds of adventure kids and they model looks, you know, for fall in this beautiful fashion show. And we, of course, um, invite people to donate there <laughs> as well. But that's a really, that's one of our favorites because the kids just get pampered all day. Van yeah. Michael does their hair, they get their makeup done, they get brand new outfits, you know. It's really, um, I don't think I've ever left there not crying. It's pretty, uh, pretty yeah, cool. I think I, I saw some video footage from there. It looked like a really fun and- It's uh, great. Yeah, that's uh, great. So what what would you say one of the most innovative things you've done in the last several years for fundraising has been? Um, and you may have, it may be something you already mentioned, like the coffee. No, I mean, you know, one thing I think that is, you know, something different that we do is um, we don't focus a ton of energy into, you know, some of these mega donors. I mean, we would love to, but... <laughs> Again, we're just very fortunate. So we have really focused on, you know, small gifts from a lot, you know, a large amount of people. Um, uh -huh. We're also but that, that that right there is big, though. Like I want I want to I I am not going to say sorry for interrupting you because I really want to interrupt you on this. I think that that's a for nonprofits that's a oversight because often it is the little bit that adds up that makes the difference and. Mm -hmm. And I find that several executive directors are out there spending all their time just trying to find that big fish when really if they focused on all the small fish they have, they would actually hit their goal, if not more. Sure. I mean, we try. I, you know, <laughs> is it working perfectly? I don't know. I mean, I know that when, you know, March of 2020 rolled around and, you know, just like everyone, I mean, we were really scared. We really didn't mm -hmm. know, you know, would we come out on the other end? Would we, even if we could go back to Disney safely, like, could we, would we be able to afford it then? Um, and we were really, really scared. And we kind of decided right then and there, this is, this is the time to double down on our, <laughs> on our yeah. very year. And instead of asking, you know, we have corporate donors that were, they were scared, you know, they weren't sure if they were going to be able to come through on donations. And we really just started focusing on, okay, we have so much social media support. We have so many volunteers. Um, you know, we have supporters all over the U S now that felt like the time to double down and say, okay, can you give five bucks? <laughs> or if you gave $5 last year, can you squeeze 10, you know, um, you know, and we always tell people if you reach into your wallet and you can't decide, you know, 
reach for the bill that you're going to feel real good about <laughs> later. <laughs> um, yeah. and, you know, or reach for the amount that makes you just a little bit uncomfortable. And, um, you know, it has, it has been successful for us. Um, and of course our corporate donors again have been just absolutely wonderful. And luckily, you know, we're all still here to talk about the catastrophe, but, uh -huh. um, it's worked for us. I mean, it, it really, it really has. And, um, mm. we're, we're grateful for it. That's, that's for sure. It's humbling to be in the nonprofit arena when, you know, it's a struggle for everyone. It is very, yeah. very, interesting. yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of nonprofits learned about why they have a reserve and how to, how to manage that. Um, but a lot, exactly and a lot right. came out learning how to create new revenue streams for themselves and new um, new programming for for folks. I'm sure that you all, uh, if you couldn't meet in person, uh, did you do any reunions virtually or anything like that? We did. Have you ever been on a Zoom with 115 kids before? <laughs> Not kids, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we did. We, you know, we fundraising wise, we did a couple of virtual um, 5Ks, which I know you're a runner. Um, and those were a lot of fun in the beginning. I mean, we jumped right on that as fast as we could. And we had no idea what we were doing. I mean, we really zero clue. I mean, we just went full force with it. And the first, you know, we did three. They were very successful. Um, considering no one really gets anything for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, then we started seeing so many of those. So we sort of backpedaled on that after a while. And, um, I mean, still we're doing our best to do things in person, but not everything has gone back in person. I mean, we're able to get the kids together as long as we're outside and we're masked, but weather sometimes, you know, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we did a lot of Zooms, a lot of Zoom calls with the families, which we had, you know, show and tell. We did face painting series. We did um, an exercise series. We got real creative. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm not going to say they were all successful because I think that would be a lie. But, you know, our goal was to stay as connected as we could. I mean, I think what a lot of people... It, and even myself, I didn't totally understand, you know, these kids, they, they have sort of been living this bubble their whole lives. They, mm. you know, are yeah. already isolated for the most part, not everyone, but a lot of them are already isolated um, and have to be really careful being in public, being around germs, being, you know, even just going in and out of the hospital. So for a lot of our families, it almost felt like this is nothing new to them, but it was that the isolation was even more harsh than it had ever been before. And so, you know, our goal really was, we don't care if it's over Zoom. We don't care if it's just a phone call. We don't care if it's just something that we all watch a Disney movie together, even though we can't see each other. We, we knew we had to get creative and figure out ways to keep these families connected because I, I do think they were more alone than really they have been before. Yeah. And I imagine maybe some of these uh, virtual connection pieces don't go away because people are now used to it, comfortable to it and providing yeah. <laughs> extra service, you know? Um, well, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything you wanted to share that's coming up that we haven't uh, covered today or anything? 
You know, this morning we announced that we are going back to Disney in March. Yeah. Which, well, I guess it's March first today. <laughs> it so, is March first. <laughs> um, we are we are going for it here at the end of March. Really, just um, <clears throat> gosh, a blessing that the timing is going to be just right. Um, it seems like we're going to just really hit this magical downturn of COVID, which is great. Um, you know, going into the planning, we weren't really sure. We thought this is a big risk. But um, again, we just felt like these families need it now more than ever. And we knew we felt we just had to go for it. So it's going to be magical. I hope we are leaving on March 23rd. We'll come back on the 28th. And of course, you can read all about our kids online. We're taking eight adorable families this year. They're so sweet and so cute. Um, and you can read all about them on our website. Or if you want to support the trip in some way, you certainly can. But most of all, we just hope you follow along on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, LinkedIn, all the places. <laughs> Everywhere all the places. You including right. birdsbigadventure.org. And yes. while there, don't forget to make a donation uh, and learn all about the big adventures. Um, before I let you go, I got to ask you what I ask all my guests, and that is, do you have a recommendation for a future Coffee Connections guest, a nonprofit innovator in Atlanta? I do. I have to recommend Kristen Stocks from Kids Boost. She is near and dear um, friend and uh, colleague in the nonprofit world. She is fantastic. And I love the work she's doing in and around Atlanta. She's really amazing. Awesome. And well, I appreciate it. Oh, what? Go ahead. Seth, I have to tell you, I didn't, I didn't want you to be alone today. <laughs> in your... You could have wear that the whole time. I know. Well, you know, when you, we chatted before we went live, you didn't have yours on. And I was like, oh, and I took it off as fast as I could. Uh, yeah, I always like to keep mine as a surprise uh, element. I know. For... I know. When I was watching your other episodes, I thought, okay, he really has like a whole closet. I'm going to have to get my sparkle game going. It's amazing uh, what you find on Amazon. It, it, well, so when people ask where I get my jacket, I tell them straight up. I have a tailor in the Amazon. <laughs> and, well, now we I can't wear them. these... And I can't wear this at like a music festival because they all, you know, music festival fans already have these. But when I work like as an auctioneer for like schools, I'll sell this off my back. And then it, it can go anywhere from, you know, on the low end, 200 to the high end, five, six, seven thousand or more. Maybe someone watching today will buy the jacket off my back for 10,000. Same. Hey, make an offer. There you I took go the ahead, folks. Off and everything. And I thought, what am I going to do with this after? this podcast well you you did have all the kids sign it and uh <laughs> then you put it up for auction next year that's a good idea all right that's a good idea you'll have to help me auction it off you're the pro all right <laughs> well thanks for tuning in thank you so much molly and uh we'll see you all uh gosh it's tuesday so thursday right here have a good day <laughs>